Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM. Hey, welcome, welcome this morning. This is Palm Sunday, and we are about to celebrate the risen Christ. Christ is alive and well. He's seated at the right hand of the Father, make, ever lives to make intercession for the people of God. And we're so very grateful for our elder brother and our Savior, Master, Jesus Christ, the ruler, the creator of all things. So God so loved the world that he gave his son, Jesus, so that whosoever believeth on him shall not perish but have everlasting life. So we we're very grateful that the fact that Jesus, that God raised Christ from the dead, and that's what we believe as Christians. We believe that Jesus died on the cross and he was raised on the third day, and that's part of our faith. That's, that's, our, that's the legacy. That's the faith that we contend for. And so we do celebrate that in light of the resurrection. This is Palm Sunday where we're, we're remembering those things. And so don't forget on Easter Sunday, we are celebrating in person both Saturday night and Sunday. Saturday night at 7.30 and Sunday morning at 10. So make sure you register in order to come and be a part of in-person service, you need to register. So make sure you register. We're excited about meeting for the very first time. We got things set up where it's, um, it's safe according to the rules of CDC. And so make sure you do that. And let's just dive right into this word. Father God, we come to you in Jesus' name. We thank you, Father, for your goodness and your mercy. We're so very honored to be called your children this day. Thank you for the opportunity to preach your word. I thank you, Father, for the faith that you've given us. You've dealt to every man the measure of faith. And I thank you by your Holy Spirit that you are helping us to develop our faith so that we can believe for the impossible, unprecedented faith, faith that is beyond the standard. That I thank you that we're blazing a trail in our narrative, in our lives that has never been done before through faith. And I thank you for this growth at Kingdom Living Ministries. I thank you that we are growing our present building. We we are growing in wisdom, growing numerically. We're growing financially. We're growing in buildings and lands. Thank you, Lord, for all the things that you're doing. In the matchless name of Jesus, I pray for your people that you'll grant unto them the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you, that the eyes of their understanding will be enlightened, that they may know what is the hope of your calling. What are the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints? What is the exceeding greatness of your power towards them that believe? And Father, I pray that you'll grant unto me your son and your slave supernatural divine utterance that I may boldly make known the mysteries of the gospel. I thank you for utterance in the Holy Ghost. I praise you and I honor you. Come on, raise your hands. We praise you. And we honor you this morning. We thank you on this wonderful Sunday morning. We give your name glory and honor for you are good and your mercy endures forever. I thank you that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart is susceptible to thee, O God. I pray. 
pray that, Lord, I will not speak as a mere man, but I'll speak as a man anointed by God, as the oracle of God, as the oracle of God, as the mouthpiece of God to this generation. I thank you for this teaching gift that rises up on the inside of me, this prophetic gift, this pastoral gift. I, I, I thank you, Father. I pull on the gifts of, the, of God within me, and according to the grace that's given unto me, I minister out of that grace. I minister out of that anointing, Father. It is the anointing that makes the difference. It is the anointing that destroys yokes. I thank you even now that yokes are being destroyed. I thank you that bondages are being destroyed. I thank you, Father, for setting people free through the word of God. Even now, sickness and disease are leaving people's bodies. I thank you that ungodly habits are destroying the works of the enemy. I thank you for the power of God that is destroying the works of the enemy. I thank you, Father, people who are confused about their sexual identity. I thank you for causing them to see correctly in Jesus' name. People who are bound up by drugs and alcohol and nicotine, I thank you for setting them free in Jesus' name. People who, who are confused about direction and the leadership of the Spirit, I thank you for liberating them by the power of God. Oh, God, I thank you for it in Jesus' matchless name. Amen. We believe for those things that God promised in his word. We believe for the impossible. I, th I thank you that we don't, we don't, I thank the Lord that we're not, we're not a regular church or having church as usual, but we believe in the supernatural power of God for it is the power of God that, that, that is released through the gospel unto salvation, not just the saving of your soul, but also the deliverance of demonic powers, the deliverance for sickness and disease, the healing power of God is all wrapped up in the gospel. And so we believe the gospel in its entirety. We believe the fullness of the gospel. We believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the Bible evidence of speaking in other tongues. We believe that God's power is available to raise people from the dead. Dead, it, whether it's physical, physical death, whether it's spiritual death, or whether it's been dead in a situation, dead dreams. We believe that the resurrection power of God can resurrect dreams that God has placed inside of your heart. I'm sorry, I'm getting excited. I'm just starting. I'm telling you the power of God is real. And even now that power is tangible, tangible wherever you're looking at this, whether you're listening through SoundCloud or Spotify, or Google Play or Apple Podcasts, or whether you're looking at it through YouTube or Facebook, I'm telling you that the power of God is real. And if you'll tap into it by faith, that power will be released wherever you are and will undo the works of the enemy. Not only undo the works of the enemy, but will destroy the works of the enemy. The Bible says in 1 John that the Son of God was manifested manifested so that the works of the devil could be destroyed. Jesus has been born into this world, lived a pure life, a sinless life, died a uh, vicarious death and was raised with a glorious resurrection to destroy the works of the devil in the lives of every believer. You don't have to be bound. You don't have to be addicted to anything. You don't have to be uh, uh, under the, the oppression of sin. And you don't have to be oppressed by demons. Demons don't have to be in your ears. Demons don't have to be in your body. I'm telling you, God's power is available. If you'll tap into it, today you could be set free. Today is your day for your miracles. Glory to God. 
Glory to God. We believe for the impossible. We believe the word of God in the name of Jesus. Be set free. Be liberated. Be the confusion of your mind. I bind confusion and command it to go from your mind right now in the name of Jesus. I command sickness to leave your body now in Jesus' name. I command disease to leave your body right now in Jesus' name. I curse arthritis in Jesus' name. I curse cancer in Jesus' name. I curse coronavirus virus in Jesus name. Everything that's binding you up, bound you up in the past from, from things that you have done, the things that other people have done to you. I, I break the power of those things over your life in the name of Jesus. I break the power of witchcraft over your life in Jesus name. I break the power of manipulation in Jesus name. Those who are under the influence of manip manipulation and witchcraft and those who are operating in it, be set free in Jesus name. Be set free in Jesus name. Glory to God. If you are, if you, you say, Pastor Wayne, I want to receive Jesus as my Savior. I want to give you this opportunity. Yes, I'm doing this at the beginning of my sermon. If you want to receive Jesus as your Savior, I will invite you to, to pray this prayer with me and believe it in your heart. You don't, have to be, you don't have to be bound up under the influence of the devil anymore, but you can be saved. You can be born again. The Spirit of God wants to regenerate you by, by the, you know, he wants to cause the work of Christ to be applied to your life. So I invite you to receive Jesus as your Savior. If you say that's me, I want you to lift up your hands. I don't, I, I can't see you, but you can see me, and God sees you most importantly. I want you to pray this prayer. Say, Father God, I surrender to you. I believe with all my heart that there was a man named Jesus who lived a sinless life, who died a vicarious death, who was raised in a glorious resurrection. I believe that he died for my sins and I'll receive him by faith. I believe, Lord, that you raised him from the dead on the third day and I'll receive him as my savior. I receive him as my healer. I receive him as my baptizer in the Holy Spirit. So, Father, baptize me afresh. Baptize me with your Holy Spirit with the Bible evidence of speaking in tongues in Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer, contact us at info at kingdomlivingnj.org and, and receive the Holy Ghost. Receive the power of God. The Bible says that they were filled with the Spirit of God and began to speak in tongues. And some of y'all, all you have to do is just yield to the Spirit and you'll begin to speak in tongues. Begin to pray in this Holy Ghost. God wants to pray out the plans. Of, the Spirit of God wants to help you to pray out the plans of God for your life. It is the perfect praise. It is the perfect will of God for you to be filled with the Spirit. Not once, but every day. Be filled to overflowing in Jesus' name. Name. receive the Holy Ghost, receive Christ. And those who are in a backslidden condition, God is calling you home now. Repent, turn from your sins, renounce your old life and embrace the life that's in Jesus Christ. Receive the, the forgiveness of God. The Bible says if, you, if, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Jesus wants to cleanse you now. He wants to save you. He wants to fill you. He wants to deliver you. He wants to set you free. He wants to set you up for the rest of your life. You don't have to be bound by drugs. You don't have to be bound by sex. You don't have to be bound by any addiction in Jesus name. Be free. 
be set free, be delivered, be, be, be receive the Holy Ghost, receive the healing power of God, receive the delivering power of God, receive the cleansing power of God, receive it now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, I'm telling you, I believe God for the impossible. And I believe that there are people who are going to be born again every single week. I believe there will be people who are healed, who are filled with the Holy Spirit. God is in the business of healing people, raising them up from the dead, saving them and filling them and setting them on a path to fulfill his plan for their lives. Glory to God. Glory to God. I thank you, Lord. Come on, let's praise God for that. We thank you and we love you, Lord, and we praise you and we thank you no matter what people are, wherever they are, I thank you that your power is where they are, setting them free, setting the bound, setting the bound free in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, receive your deliverance today. Receive your freedom that is in Christ. Christ died to set us free. We don't have to be bound up by the opinions of people. We don't have to be bound up by sins and addictions and bad habits and, and, and manipulation and witchcraft. Be set free in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, that woman that is manipulating her husband, be set free. That husband that's manipulating his wife, be set free. Those parents that are manipulating their kids, be set free. Those kids that are manipulating their parents, be set free in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, glory to God. Glory to God. We are led by the Spirit of God. We're not moved by our agenda. We're not moved by our little program. We are, we are submitted to the we're submitted to the Lord of God, Lordship of Jesus and the, the moving of the Spirit. And God can do whatever He This is His church. I just work here. Glory to God. Amen. So this morning I'm going to talk to you about believe for it. Believe for it. And yes, I was inspired by CC Winans. She has a brand new project that just came out. It's called Believe For It, and I believe that this message called Believe For It will bless you. Glory to God. This is the last Sunday that, for, for now, for our faith series, we've been teaching about faith the last couple, few weeks, and I pray that you are blessed by these sermons. I want to encourage you to go back and listen to them, feed your faith, starve your doubts, and begin to rise up to the place that God wants you to be. Learn what faith is and how to operate in it. So this morning, I'm going to talk about Believe For It. That's the name of my message called Believe For It. I had about three different, three different titles, and I went back and forth, but that's the one that I settled on. There are many uh, different dynamics to our families, things that we've seen and heard and even done ourselves. There's a, there might be a lack of discipline and, and I want to submit to you that we can change the narrative of our, of our lives through the faith in God, that you, you can make a decision to change things that are in your life. You don't have to remain the same. Don't, don't believe the lie that whatever is happening to you, God is causing it or God wants it to happen. You don't have to be in depression. You don't have to be sad. You don't have to be lonely. God wants to liberate you this morning. Some are waiting around for God to change things in their life, but you are responsible for the change in your life. And let me, let me put a disclaimer. Yes, God is changing us, but you got to work with God. You got to receive the change. You got to yield to the change that God wants to produce in your life. And you can change your life through faith. Everybody say, I can change my life through faith. I can change my life through faith. 
faith in God. R.W. Schambach, who was evangelist back in the day, he used to say that you have no problems. All you need is faith in God. Your problems are nothing compared to faith in God. Faith in God can change your life forever, forever. Just like doubt and unbelief can change your life for the negative, faith in God can change your life forever. Mark eleven twenty two 22 says, have faith in God. I'm telling you, you need to have faith in God this morning and be set free from your doubt and your unbelief. I boldly stand before you to tell you that my life has changed. The narrative of my life has changed through my faith. There are many narratives that we can we, we, we have, maybe it's through statistics or maybe through patterns of our forefathers and foremothers, things that we've seen done in life, the way that a man treats a woman, the way that a woman treats a man, the way that a person treats themselves. We, we have seen these things and we may be repeating those things, but you don't have to live out a false prophecy. You don't have to live out that prophecy. We're not, we're not led by prophecy. I don't know why I'm saying that, but we're not led by prophecy. I don't care if a man or a woman or God prophesied something to you. i never forget this time. Never forget this. There was a woman of God who was a missionary, and she flowed in the prophetic, and my mom and dad had, had conceived my little sister, sister, and they were believing God for a girl. And the woman of God laid hands on my mom and said, oh, this is a boy. And my mom and dad says, no, the devil is a liar. <laughs> we believed that we received a girl, and that's what we'll have. And guess what? They had a little girl. And so I don't care what the prophecy may be, and I'm not against prophecy. I prophesy as the Spirit leads, and I believe it, and I embrace it, and I, and I confess the prophetic words that have been spoken over my life. But I'm not moved by that. That is not my source. I don't go to prophets to get a word from the Lord. I go to the Word of God, the Bible, to receive a word from the Lord. And if I want an individual word, I'll pray, and the Lord himself will speak to me and speak to my heart and lead me by, his, by, my, by my inner witness. I don't look for the skies, or I don't look to horoscopes, or I don't look to dead people visiting me in dreams. I don't look to a, um, a sign from the outside. Don't be led by signs. Be led by the inner witness. God does not lead by signs. Listen to me. God does not lead by sign. He leads by the word of God. God does not lead by prophets. God did not give prophets to the church so that we can be led by them. We're not to be me. I don't care what a prophet says. I obey God's word and I hear from God. And that is my end. That is my narrative is what the word of God says. I don't know why I'm on this, but somebody needs to hear it. Don't don't go looking for a prof, prophetic word because you'll get a word, but it won't be from the Lord. Everything supernatural is not from God. There's two doors to the supernatural. One is through Christ and one is through the devil. And so just like God can use people to speak into your life, the devil could use people to speak into your life. So don't receive every word that you hear, but try the word, test it, and make sure it's consistent with the word of God and what the spirit of God has said in your life. Amen. We're not led by what we see or what we hear. We're only moved by what the word of God says and what we believe. We believe the word of God. Amen. 
And I, I, I'm thinking about even Hezekiah, how he was given a prophetic word that he was going to die. But I'm telling you, he turned his face to the wall and he cried out to God. And God changed that prophetic word. And God changed that narrative. He cried out to the one who was able to change the narrative by relying on the one who created him. And God added some more years to his life. I'm telling you, I don't care what the narrative may be, what the doctor's report may have said. I don't care what you have said about yourself. You can change that narrative. You can call, you can speak death to those words that are, are starting to manifest. Begin to call, call that crop failure. Begin to speak crop failure on words that you didn't mean to say and begin to speak words of life. You, you are, I, pro, I preached a message a while back and Kenneth Copeland got a message called you are the prophet of your own life and you can prophesy your future by speaking the word of God daily. Glory to God. I, I, I'm, I'm jumping all over the place, but I'm telling you, I'm helping somebody. I believe God. And we're, today we're talking about believing for it. You can change the narrative of your life through faith. You don't have to remain the same. It doesn't matter if your mama had cancer. It doesn't necessarily mean you're going to have, have cancer. It doesn't mean if your daddy had di diabetes. It doesn't mean that you got to have it. You can change the narrative through faith in God. There's some natural things you need to do, and there's some spiritual things to do. And we must start in the spirit, change some things spiritually. I don't care if your mom and dad are obese. You don't have to be because you got the power of God in, at work in you. It doesn't matter if your mom and dad only made a certain amount of money all their life through the power of God and the faith in God. You can change that narrative and become a millionaire and a billionaire for the glory of God. God is not going to make you a billionaire if you're not tithing. <laughs> He's not going to make you a billionaire if you're not a giver. But I'm telling you, you can change that narrative now by making a decision to believe for the impossible. Believe for the impossible. Regardless of what has been done doesn't mean that it, it's the standard. You can be a trailblazer through faith in God. And I gave you some homework last week. I told you to decide what you wanted from God and to write out, to find scriptures to, fi to find scriptures to base what you believe in God for. That is the fundamental, having Bible facts for what you believe for. Where the will of God is known, you can't have faith where the will of God is not known. And we know that the word of God is the will of God. So if I want to know the will of God, I got to stay in the word. And I build my faith on the word of God. If you're facing some challenges, whether it's school or work or home or whatever, you can do all things through Christ. Stop complaining. Stop saying how tired you are and, and that you can't make it. Begin to declare, yes, my kids are blessed. They bring me energy. That's the good for confession. I got That's utterance. They, he, my kids bring me energy. I thank you that I'm, when I'm around them, I get energy and I can, I can keep up with theirs in Jesus' name and I can disciple them and play with them and, and do the things that I need to do to raise them up to be godly people in the earth. Glory to God. So your homework was to decide what you want and to find scriptures to build your faith. And that right there, I just lost most of y'all. Because I, I, I promise you, if I was a betting man, I would have bet that y'all didn't do it. <laughs> but I'm telling you, you need to do it. So do it this week. Stop procrastinating. Last week, I spoke about we, where the ministers and some of the um, ministers in training, as well as people part of our church, we're in Toastmasters. We're doing a speech craft. And I spoke about the silent killers of destiny. 
the silent, and I think I'm going to turn that into a message, but one of the silent killers of destiny is procrastination. It's procrastination. We procrastinate. The reason why some people haven't seen their faith manifested, they procrastinate. They don't do the necessary work or they're lazy. They have lazy faith. I know Michael Todd did a series called Crazy Faith. I want to do one called Lazy Faith. People are lazy when it comes to their faith. They much rather say negative words than to speak positive words in the name of Jesus. We need to change the narrative. Begin to change the way that we see things and change the way we say things. So this week, do, do that homework that I gave you last week. Decide what you want from God, and then find scriptures. You're going to have to take some time to scroll through the Bible, not just your phone, but scroll through the Bible and find scriptures that support what you believe in God for. Because you can't have faith for something that God never promised. That's, that was your homework last night. So my text is Mark 9, 23. Mark 9, 23. It says, Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. If you can believe. So we're going to go and we're going to look at the background of this verse. And we're going to see why Jesus said what he said. We're talking about believing for it. Changing the narrative through faith. The narrative of statistics. According to statistics, I'm supposed to be in prison or dead. But thank God I changed it through faith in God. So Mark chapter 9, a reading out of New King James Version. Mark chapter 9, verses 14 through 29. It says this, And when he came to the disciples, he saw a great multitude around them, and scribes disputing with them. And immediately when they saw him, all the people were greatly amazed, running to him and greeted, greeted him. And he asked the scribes, what are you discussing with them? Then one of the crowd answered and said, teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit. King James says dumb spirit. Wherever it seizes him, it throws him down and he foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples and they that they should cast it out. I'm sorry, let me reread that. And whatever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. Imagine, these men were walking with Jesus, and Jesus was up in the mountains. And the disciples could not cast out the devils or the demon. Verse 19, he answered him, he said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. In other words, why is it he expected these disciples to be able to exercise their authority in Christ and drive out the devil? How long have you been a part of KLM? Have you not yet used your faith? Have you not grown in spiritual discipline? So you, people should be growing. You should be, and so Jesus expected his disciples to be growing. Verse 20, then they brought, to, they brought him to him. <laughs> and when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him and he fell on the ground and wallowed and foaming at the mouth. So he asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? Now, today, people immediately would have jumped on and they start casting out the devil. But Jesus 
was asking the father, want to know where the father was. And he said, from childhood. So this young boy was dealing with a demonic spirit that would come over him ever since he, ever since he was a child. And often he was thrown, often he has thrown him both in the fire into the water to destroy him. But if you can do something, have compassion on us and help us. Notice the man said, have compassion on us because we need some relief from this demonic spirit. Not only is he controlling my son and possessing my son, but he's affecting the family. There's some things that are affecting not only you, but it will affect other people. And this demonic spirit was affecting this entire family. And, and the young man was saying, Lord, if you can do something, I'm asking you to do it. Have, have mercy on us and help us. Watch what Jesus, I love this. I love what Jesus says. And this is verse 23. And Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Jesus turned around and flipped the script. He put the responsibility not on his ability to do it, but on the person's ability to believe that he can do it. Come on. He says, if you can, all things are possible to him that believes. He says, if you can believe for it, then you can have it. It's not about God's ability to do what we need him to do in our lives. It's about our ability to believe him to do it in our lives. Come on. I'm preaching better than you saying amen. Come on, hit some hearts. Share this, share this video on Facebook and send it out to somebody who needs it. It's not about God's ability. It's about our faith. In his ability, our faith to believe that he can and he will do it for us. Jesus says, if you can, all things are possible to him believes. How many believers do I have? Do you believe the word of God? Do you believe that God can do the impossible? Do you believe that he can make a way out of no way? Do you believe he can bless you with a godly spouse? Do you believe that he can give you the wisdom to raise godly kids? Do you believe that he can provide for you when you're in a famine? Do you believe that he can give you wisdom how to move and how to invest and how to build your business or get out of debt? Do you believe in the impossible? The problem is not with God. The problem is with us. And as my message, the title of my message is called Believe for It. If you can believe for it, you can have it. If you can believe for it, you can have it. Stop blaming God for what God expects you to do something with. God has given you the measure of faith, so he expects you to develop your faith into what you desire. It's not always on God. The answers to your prayers are not de totally dependent upon God, but a lot of your answers to your prayers is depending upon you believing that he's going to answer it. Do you have scriptures for what you're believing for? Uh, have you meditated? Have you baptized your mind in the word of God so that you can have Bible facts and Bible knowledge of what you're believing for? Because faith only works where the will of God is known. And if you don't have the will the will on it, you can't believe for it. Amen. <laughs> Jesus said, if you can, said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. 
When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the uncertain spirit, saying to it, Deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. And the spirit cried out and convulsed him greatly and came out of him. He became as one dead, so that many said he is dead. And Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. And when he had come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, and I bet you I would have asked him privately too, why could we not cast it out? So he said to them, this kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. Well, I'm not going to deal with that right now, but I'm going to focus on that the fact that Jesus gave the ability, gave, put it on the man to believe him to set his son free. And like I said in previous teachings, that you can believe for your children. You can, as a parent, you can believe God for your children. So don't give up on your children. Believe God for this man changed in his narrative by believing. You can change the president, the presence precedent through faith. Your president, the, the standard or the example through faith. Let's learn to develop a, 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 a standard of faith that we've never seen. Let's be a trailblazer. Let, let's let's change the narrative so that we can have our narrative to be an example of the faith of God. I said this last week, our faith is a display of God's glory. God gets glory out of our faith. Faith can change your world. Faith can change your finances. Faith can change your body. Faith can change your marriage. Faith can change your single status. Faith can change your job atmosphere. Faith can change everything about you. Faith can change your car, your neighborhood, your legacy, your lineage. Come on. Faith can change this church and is changing. Come on. Faith changes everything. The father came to Jesus for his son. He called his disciples faithless. Some people have no faith. <laughs> Those are the people that I don't go to who ask to pray. Those people, I don't use confessions. and I don't, There's certain people, there's only a handful of people that I actually can talk to about faith and, and that we can, we can feed off each other and sharpen each other and begin to say what I'm believing for. And I want to develop our church in a way, by the grace of God and by the Spirit of God, in a way that we, we are faith people. We believe God for the impossible. Even in an impossible situation, we believe God. This man came to Jesus asking for help and asking Jesus to do something about his son, asking Jesus to have compassion or have mercy on his son to help him. The man is crying out. There is, there was not only a cry, someone might look at it as a cry of, of doubt, but it's a cry of faith. He cried out to Jesus in faith, believing that he can do something about it. But Jesus, excuse me, but Jesus replied, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believe. Notice that Jesus didn't allow the man to put it on him. But Jesus turned around and says, if, 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 if it's conditional, if you can believe, if you can believe, what is stopping you from believing God? The problem isn't the, again, I'm reiterating some things. The problem isn't the ability of God, but it is on us to believe. Don't presume on God's ability. He expects us to use our faith to get our prayers answered. 
he, to see things change in our lives, to change the cycles of patterns. Everybody wants to, let me say this, everybody wants to blame, not everybody, but some people want to blame general, 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 generational curses. I'm not opposed to generational curses. But I hear more people talking about generational curses. I'm going to break that generational curse. Listen, let me tell you something. It's more than generational curses. It's generational patterns. It's things that the people have seen all their lives. So therefore, they're just reacting out. They're reacting or responding to what they've seen. It's not so much a curse as much as a pattern. And, and we need to get it twisted. We need to get set free that the fact that Christ delivered us from generational curses. We need to get our mind renewed. We need to change the way that we think just because you came from a, 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 a group of, of people who are lying and cheating doesn't mean that you have to be that way. People want to, people are so much more, have more, more faith in the curses than they do the blessing. Let's talk about generational blessings. The blessing is upon me and my children. Come on. The blessing is, goes down to generations, to the third and the fourth generation. Let's talk about that. I'm not here to say that generational curses don't exist, but I am going to say that we rely too much on the fact that we need a generational curse broken. No, you need your mind renewed. You need to change your mindset and tap into the things of God and believe him for the impossible. I didn't mean to clap my hands because I hate when preachers do that, but I just did it. Listen, let's believe for the impossible. And the man replied, the father replied and says, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Oh, come on now. Help my unbelief. So that made me look at some other passages or some other translation with unbelief. What does this mean? What does this mean? Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. There's a translation out of Syriac translation, was Aramaic translation, and it says, And immediately the father of the child cried out while he wept, said, I believe thou and thou the defect, help my defect of my faith. Unbelief is a, is, is a defect of our faith. Unbelief is a defect of my faith. Where I'm lacking, help me where there is disbelief, where there is skepticism, where there is unwillingness to admit or to accept what is offered as true. So unbelief and doubt are two different things. Don't got, I don't have time to get into doubt, but unbelief simply means to reject what is offered as truth. The skepticism, where there is unbelief, you can eliminate it through the word of God and by the spirit of God. Some people are so skeptic. And so, Jesus, so the man was saying, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Help my defect. Help the, help the areas of my faith where it's, where, it's, where it's lacking, where there is a defect, where there is an unwillingness to believe. I want to believe you. I want to believe that he's going to be set free but help where there is a, a lack of my confidence in you. That, 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 that's serious. And we see Jesus set the young man free. The man recognized where he had defects in his faith. 
You must recognize your defects in order to change things. Just because you haven't seen it doesn't mean that it's, that it, it is impossible. Just because you haven't seen it doesn't mean that it's impossible. Just because you don't see our building doesn't mean that it's, it's impossible. We believe in the impossible. If I can believe that God raised Christ from the dead on the third day, if I believe, if I can believe in a real Adam and Eve and in a garden of Eden, if I can believe in a heaven and that Jesus is coming back on a white horse, I can surely believe for a building. I surely can believe for buildings and lands and salvation of the multitudes. I believe God that he's using us to impact the nations. I preach like it. I teach like it. I live like it. I think like it. And I believe for it. <laughs> Amen. Amen. This man's faith was instrumental in the deliverance of his son. His faith released the power of God into his son's life. Your faith releases, your, releases God's power into your life. Use your faith to grab hold of that power and bring it into your life. Don't, don't let another day go by without releasing your faith. Every day you have an opportunity to use your faith. Let's go to Romans 1.16. This is my last verse. Romans 1.16. This is a familiar passage. We're talking about believe for it. Romans chapter, chapter 1 verse 16 simply says this. You should, you should know this by heart. But I'm going to read it for you. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. Notice that the gospel, the gospel is the power of God. The gospel is the power of God. And it's the power of God unto salvation, not only for our saving of our souls, but the healing of our bodies, the deliverance of our minds, the deliverance of our, our, our of, of insecurities. The power, of, the gospel includes a holistic gospel. It saves, the Bible says that Jesus saves to the utmost. He saves every part of us. He saves our mind. He saves our spirit. He saves our pockets. He saves our, saves our bodies, saves our marriages, saves our holiness, our singleness, our children, our jobs. Every part of our lives are affected by the power of the gospel. Glory to God. I'm almost, almost finished. I got 10 things to list what faith requires. These 10 things. Faith requires these 10 things. You may be, have some defects in your faith. And these 10 things will show us how to fix it or how to resolve it. One, you got to have Bible facts. Bible facts. You got to have some type of knowledge of the Bible. You can only have faith where there is knowledge, Bible knowledge. You can't go on what you just want to desire, but you got to go on what the Word of God says. You can't ask for somebody else's spouse or someone else's car or someone else's life. But you can pray and you can study the scriptures to understand it so your faith can be built on a sure foundation. So Bible facts, that's number one. Number two, meditation of the word. You must get the word of God in your heart and in your mind. Get that word in your heart and your mind. Number three, consistency. You must do it every day. What I found is many Christians don't do it every day. They'll say all the confessions on Sunday morning. But throughout the week, they won't say anything related to what they're believing for. So you must be consistent every day. Every day, confess. Every day, <coughs> I, I tell my wife and my children, you have what you say. 
destined, is, is programmed. He'll say, you'll have what you say. Come on, Daddy, you'll have what you say. Daddy, he asked me the other day, how long will you be alive when my grandkids are here? I said, yes, sir. I believe so. I believe I will. I said, you have your children early and, and, and your kids after marriage. Your kids have their children early. I'll be around. <laughs> you get married first and you have your kids. I'll be around. I got 72 more years after this life, after this year. 72 more years, I'll be here, and you can produce grandchildren by that time. So I, but when I say I believe him for 120, I'm saying that all the time. I'm saying that all the time. I'll be 120 with health. I'll be around, and I'll help a lot of people, and a lot of people will miss hell because of my obedience to Christ. The next 72 years of my life will be the best years of my life, and every year gets better and better until the perfect day. It keeps shining. I get richer, and I get healthier, and I'll become the man that God wants me to be, and I'll impact. My influence increases every year. <laughs> Glory to God. I got excited. <laughs> so you got you to gotta have consistency. You got to say it all the time. Thank you, Lord, for 120 20, 20 faithful tithe-paying tithe members. Thank you that we're outgrowing our present building. Keep saying it. Keep saying it. Even when it doesn't look like it. Even when you don't feel like it. Even when you don't see it. Keep saying it. Keep saying it. You have what you say. And you'll say it long enough, it'll manifest in this realm. Glory to God. Your mouth, that leads me to the next one. You can see a lot of these are interchangeable and they can go hand in hand or they can be another way of saying it. Another point, but your mouth, your mouth, you must use your mouth to release your faith. Faith has to be released. And so your mouth is a way that you release your faith. Faith speaks through the mouth. So use your mouth. As long as I got my mouth, I can say, I can change some things. Now, God forbid if I'm, if I'm mute and I can't say much, there's other ways in which I believe God honors my faith. <laughs> But I don't have to worry about that because I got my mouth, so I can use my mouth. And you got your mouth for the most part. Use your mouth and speak change. Speak change on that husband. Speak change on that wife. Speak change on them children. Speak change on that job. Speak change in that account. Speak change on that debt ratio. Change. Speak it. You, you, you can speak the word of God into your life. It releases God's power. Your faith releases God's power in your life. Let me say that again. Your faith releases God's power in your life. If you want the power of God, believe the word and release it with your mouth. Without go to witness to somebody, I believe, I don't underestimate the power of the gospel. And I believe my words are filled with power and they're changing lives and that people are set free when they hear me speak. I believe God. I believe, I'll never forget this. I was witnessing to a homosexual one time and he, he, was, um, he was sharing how broken he was and I began to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I'll never forget, he began to shake. He began to shake and all of a sudden he began to uh, feel sick at his stomach and he got up and left the room to throw up because the power of God is in my mouth. We got to believe the power of God. He came back and said the sinner's prayer, prayed the prayer of faith and received Christ as his Savior. I'm here to tell you God's power is in our mouths. The Bible is called the sword of the spirit. We got the sword on our mouths and when I preach and when I teach and when I witness, 
And when I speak to my wife and speak to my children, the power of God goes forth and lives are forever changed. So your mouth, your miracle is in your mouth. I can stay on that all day. Your mouth, your mouth is a major key. It is a major, your mouth is a major key to your faith. Your mouth, what are you saying? It's not what you say at the height of an emotional praise and worship time with God. It's what you say all the time. It's what you say all the time, every day. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord, I'm out of debt. Thank you, Lord, it's zero balance. You know, you got credit cards, you go and name that credit card zero balance. <laughs> zero balance. You, call, you name that mortgage zero balance. I say that my mortgage is zero balance. I owe nothing but taxes on it. Glory to God. And I pay my taxes a year in advance. Glory to God. Come on. Come on. That's what I'm talking about. Your mouth, your mouth, your mouth. I thank you that my boys are going to grow up to be godly men and they'll never know the world. I say it. I say it with my mouth. I don't care what people say. Oh, they're going to have them teenage years. The devil is a liar. So are you. No, they won't. They won't be rebellious in their teenage years. No, they won't. No, they won't. They, they'll be godly and upright men young men, and they'll display the glory of God and the wisdom of God, and they'll get scholarships, and they'll do well in every area of their life. They always have godly friends, and they always have favor with their teachers, and they'll have favor on their jobs, and they'll have great careers, and they'll work in the church and be leaders in the church and leaders in this world. Come on. I'm saying that they will not be rebellious teenagers. I have what I say. Come on. See, some of, some of y'all got it twisted. You say what you, what you heard. That teenagers wild out <laughs> when they when they be, when young people become teenagers they wild out they don't have to wild out. We say that you keep saying that long enough. That's what you're gonna see in your life and in your kids' life. No, you won't wild out. You won't get pregnant before wedlock. You won't get nobody pregnant before before you're married. <laughs> I say be pregnant before wedlock. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But you get the picture. You gotta speak to the situation now. I thank you that have godly wives. My boy's going to have godly wives. They'll never be confused about their sexual identity. They'll never be confused about life. They'll be men of purpose. They'll know what to do and what not to do. They, they make right choices. I'm not saying they'll be perfect, but they will be yielded to the perfect one. Glory to God. The next one is the leadership of the Spirit. Hearing from God, what, what is God leading you to do? You got to be pay attention to the leadership of the Spirit as, as you operate in faith. The leadership of the Spirit. Then obedience. The next one is obedience. What has He said to you in His Word and that you haven't done it? And what is He saying to you by, your, by His Spirit? What has the Spirit of God said to you? Has He called you to be a, a tither when you haven't been tithed? Tithe, pass the tithing test. Come on. Pass the tithing test. Be faithful with your tithe, and it'll open up a whole nother realm to you. <clears throat> your calling and your destiny is connected to your tithing. Let me say that again. Your calling and your destiny is connected to your tithing. When, if you can't pass the tithing test, you can't go into the nations. You can't go into that business that God wants you to go. You can do it on your own, but I'm talking about having the blessings of God upon you. Pass the tithing test. Tithing is a test. God is testing us. And if you pass that test and you're faithful and consistent, he'll blow your mind. He'll do Ephesians 3.20 on you. 
What's the tithe? 10% of your revenue, what you earn, 10% of what comes into your house. You believe, not, not what you bring home, what you earn. Give honor the Lord and then give a free will offering on top of that and watch God blow your mind. Glory to God. Then the next one is love. Faith works by love. So you must forgive. Keep a close watch on your love walk. Come, always look for, for making sure that you're forgiving people, making sure you're releasing people from any offense. Don't be so quick to be offended <clears throat> when there's miscommunication. Don't be so quick to be offended when there's misunderstanding. Be quick to forgive, quick to repent, quick to walk in love, quick to believe the best. Then imagination, <clears throat> you must see yourself with it. You have to reject wrong thoughts and negative thoughts. Get a vision board. See yourself healed. See yourself out of debt. See yourself delivered. See yourself liberated. See yourself with that degree. See yourself with the raise. See yourself. I got one of my emails. It's called PhD 2024. I see myself as Dr. Dwayne L. Wright. I see myself walking across that stage and them handing my degree. Seeing that schools from all over asking me to come in and teach for a season or two. I'm seeing people asking me to write journals and, and, and articles and books and book deals coming to me. Seeing people inviting me from all over the world to come and preach the fullness of the gospel. Seeing me in the academic arena and where I'm persuading people and showing them through scriptures how the fullness of the gospel is available today. Seeing people in, the, in, in academia being filled with the Holy Ghost and the Spirit of God teaching them how to use their minds in, in its full capacity. <laughs> I'm telling you, you got to see yourself. You, God did not give, your, give you your imagination for bad things. He gave you your imagination for good things. If you could dream it, you can do it. I, I, I'm thinking about my relatives. I call them my relatives. I don't think, I, I'm not sure if they were my relatives, but the Wright brothers, they had, they had a dream. They, had, they, they used their imagination and they saw people flying. <laughs> Listen, you got to see, you got to have a dream. You got to use your imagination and cast down every imagination that exhausts itself against the knowledge of God. Everything that is not pure and that's not holy. Use your imagination and see your kids graduating high school and graduating college and graduating grad school and getting a PhD if that's the will of God or getting married and having godly kids. Come on, you got to... Use your imagination for the glory of God. Begin, you remember the scripture, Ephesians 3.20? God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you are able to ask or think according to the power that works inside of you. So what are you thinking? What, what, what is it that you're imagining? Maybe having a date with the Holy Spirit. You, the Holy Spirit, in a, in a pad and begin to write down, and begin to vision cast, begin to imagine the will of God being fulfilled. Imagine yourself, you're single, imagine yourself married. Imagine yourself fulfilling the purposes of God. Imagine yourself with multiple streams of income. Imagine yourself growth in that house that you desire, that car, well, it's about car. You're talking about cars now. You're talking about things. Yes, God is concerned about things. If I can trust him for my soul, I can trust him for a car. I can trust him for a house. 
If I can believe it, that there's a mansion for me in heaven, I can believe that he can give me a mansion down on earth. You can fight me. You can be a disagreement with me. But I'm telling you, God is bigger than your thoughts. He's bigger than your theology. He's bigger than your denomination or your non-denominational self. He's, God wants to blow our minds. He, he is not opposed of us being rich. He's opposed of us being covetous, of us coveting other people. But he's not opposed of us growing up. Now, if that's going to keep you out of heaven, you don't need it. <laughs> but believe God to purge you from the love of money. Because if he can get it, if he can get it through you, he can get it to you. Imagination. My last two is guard your ears and your mouth and your heart. Those are the gates into your spirit. So guard what you see, what you hear, and what you say. Guard. I, I'm not gonna if I'm gonna see myself heal. I'm gonna see myself skinny or in healthy or in shape. I'm gonna see, you gotta see yourself. You got to hear the right stuff. Great faith equals great hearing. In your heart, guard your heart. And my last one is keep your expectations, keep your expectations turned on. That's hope. Keep your expectations turned on. Expect the best. Expect favor wherever you go. I expect favor wherever I go. Wherever class I'm in, I expect favor. I expect the favor of God. I expect a return on my harvest. I, I expect a return on my seed, excuse me. I expect the church to grow. I expect buildings and lands. I expect people to get saved every week. I expect people to get filled with the Holy Ghost and to join the church every week. I, my expectation is turned on. I expect, because remember, faith gives substance to what we're expecting for, hope for. What are you hoping for? If you'll do these 10 things, your faith will go from glory to glory, from strength to strength, and from faith to faith, you'll begin to soar in faith in realms that you've never soared before. I encourage you to begin to apply these things. Don't just sit back, oh, that's a good word, that's a good word, but apply it. What are you doing about it? Go back and listen to it 10 times and, and until you get spirit behind it. Let the spirit of faith come upon you and let you begin to dream, begin to, you got problems in your marriage, begin to believe God that your marriage is heaven on earth and that you, you are a godly husband and you are a godly wife and y'all are on the same word. <laughs> y'all all on the same letter. Y'all not only on the same chapter, but the same letter. Come on. Y'all speak the same thing. You, you, you operate as one. Me and my wife, we are one. We think like we would think. We, we are thinking alike. Not that we have to agree with everything, but we're on the same page. And that's the way you got to do it. Glory to God. I pray that you guys... That concludes this week's message. And thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 519, Rancocas, New Jersey, 08073. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, contact us via email at partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to His Word. God bless you.